Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I'm happy to be with you as we make it down the home stretch of 2023. We're going to talk about a couple of topics this week and next that are timely because they happen around the end of the year. This week, the topic is fair market value. At the end of every year, self-directed IRA investors or solo 401k investors have to determine the fair market value of all of their investments in their account, including the multifamily real estate investments they hold. Well, how do you do that? Or more appropriately, if you're investing with a sponsor, how do they do that? And so this week, I'm going to share with you the process we use for determining fair market value. And that's our great topic this week. As always, if you have any questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. If you have interest in learning how to use your retirement account, maybe you have a uh, an IRA, a quote-unquote regular IRA, meaning not self-directed, or you have a 401k, maybe from a prior employer, and you're wondering, well, how do I use those to invest in real estate? Happy to walk you through that process and talk about how you can convert those to self-directed IRAs uh, and connect you with folks that might be able to help you if you could potentially open a solo 401k account. So just shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. All right, with that, let's go ahead and dive in. So this is a very timely topic. I actually spent some time this weekend going over the submission that we are about to send off to our third-party appraisal partner that prepares this work for us. So that gives you a hint as to how we do this. So we're right in the midst of it. It is the middle of December. Our objective is always by around the end of the first week, maybe the 10th or so of January to have the fair market value reports done so they can be sent to the IRA custodians or the solo 401k plan administrators. So how do we do that? Well, maybe we even start with what is fair market value? When you make an investment using a retirement account, any kind of investment, whether it's you buy stocks or bonds or uh, you buy a piece of real estate or something else, once a year, there's a requirement that the fair market value of that account be determined. And that's part of a tax filing associated with that retirement account. Well, if it's stocks or bonds, it's pretty easy to know what the fair market value is, right? You can simply look at what the market says it's worth on that day. If you own 100 shares of XYZ Corporation and on the 31st of December, they're worth a dollar each, well, that's worth $100. That's the fair market value. And there's an actual market for that. So pretty easy to know what that is. Well, what if you owned maybe a piece of a business, right? What if you had uh, made a equity investment in a small company? What if you bought a piece of real estate yourself using your retirement account and were managing it? What if you made an investment with someone like Mara Poling? How would you know what those are worth? Because there aren't markets that you can go and say, well, what would this trade for today? So you have to do a little bit of math. If you've made a passive investment with a sponsor like Mara Poling, 
they will be the ones that prepare this report, that come up with this number for you. The IRS requires that it be done by an independent third party. We interpret that as meaning an actual independent third party, meaning not us, the sponsor. So Mara Polling does not prepare the fair market value report. We don't come up with the number. We don't say a investment is worth $5,000 or it's worth $5 million. We don't come up with those numbers. What we do is we contract with an independent third-party appraiser, and this is what their organization does for a living. And not just for real estate investments, but they do it for other private holdings as well, family businesses and all sorts of other things that there simply aren't markets to be able to go to. Well, how do they do that? Well, they take information that we provide them, financial data about the assets. They do a number of calculations. They apply some factors relative to some of the risk or issues that might be associated with being a passive investor. And they end up with a number. And then they produce a report, give it to us. And most importantly, they sign it and stamp it with their magic little appraiser stamp and to the extent that any of the firms that we work with, any of the IRA custodians, would like a signed fair market value acknowledgement, then that firm also signs that for us. So other than providing the raw accounting data, we're not really involved, as you can see, which is great because that means everyone can feel confident that for tax purposes, and I want to underscore that, this is a number for tax purposes, not necessarily representative of the performance of that investment over any period of time. And I'll explain why in a moment when you look at a couple of these factors. So those are signed by these independent third-party appraisers so that everybody can feel confident that those are real numbers. Okay, so what do we give them? Well, we give them two documents. We give them a balance sheet for the asset. So this shows how much cash the asset has, what kind of receivables it has, maybe reserves that lenders are holding that, that would be recovered in the event of a sale. And that also show the liabilities, the mortgage that's on the property, uh, payables that would be due, other uh, liabilities like that that if you were selling the asset, those would also have to be cleaned up. We also provide a trailing 12 set of financials. So here's what the property did financial performance-wise over the last 12 months. And we do that so that they can perform an analysis and determine, is this property worth $10 million or 12 million or 15 or 20 or whatever the number is? We do not set that value. I want to, again, underscore that. This is done by an independent third party. We give them the data, and then they make the determination that they think is accurate. And like any other uh, analysis is done, the one thing everybody would agree is it's not the right number, right? The only way to know what the real number is would be to actually go sell the property and see what the market would bear, and then you could say that's what it's worth. So these are estimates, but they're estimates made by someone that's been trained to be able to do that work. And that's attesting to a certain methodology that they've used to do that work appropriately. 
Okay, so we've given them that data. What do they do with it? All right, well, as I said, one of the first things you do is they determine, well, how much is this property worth? And so I'm just gonna use uh, an example here, okay? So let's say that you've got a property and you come to the conclusion that it's worth $12.5 million, right? Based on the trailing 12 financials and what you know about the marketplace, if this was sold today, it would sell for $12.5 million. Okay, great. First step in the equation. Next, what do we got laying around in the way of cash, right? How much cash is in the bank? Are there funds that the lender is holding that I would actually get back if I were to sell? Are there any prepaid expenses or other items that I've done where, hey, that's my money and I'd, I'd be getting that back? And so I, I add that all up. And maybe in this instance, let's say it's about a million too, right? And I'm just making numbers up for our discussion today. So I'd get 12.5 for selling it and I'd get a million two in cash because I've got that much laying around in all these various accounts. And then I've got to pay off the mortgage and any payables or other things that are out there like that. So let's say that's 8.2 million, right? So I get 12 and a half, I get a million two in cash laying around. I got to write a check for 8.2 million. Ah, and remember the type of debt that's used in these commercial assets, right? Now this probably isn't true for your, for, uh, your assets that you hold yourself that you might be managing um, uh, through your IRA uh, because your debt on those is probably not a commercial mortgage debt. Ours uh, and their non-recourse typically have a defeasance or yield maintenance, some kind of prepayment penalty. Well, the prepayment penalty on the property I'm using as an example, let's say it's a million three. Wow, that sounds really high. Well, it is because this is a property that was just purchased. You're going to see the largest impact on fair market values on properties that were just recently purchased. The longer into the hold period you go, the asset grows in value and some of these costs decrease or get spread out over longer periods of time. Now, I'd also have to spend some money selling it, right? So if I was actually going to liquidate, which is ultimately the way you determine the fair market value, you have to say, how much would I get if I wanted my money out of this asset today? If I sold my shares and said, give me my money, how much would I get? I've got to also include some money in there for selling it. So a few hundred thousand dollars for that. Put all that together, stir it up in a big pot, and that entire amount turns into $3.9 million. That's That's the example we're going to use here. So that's my fair market value. Almost. So there are a couple other factors. Remember how I said that one of the things that an independent appraiser will do is they'll take into account some of the risks or structural items associated with how an investment is put together. If you are investing passively, in a investment that's managed by a sponsor, an asset management firm like Mara Poling, you do not have control over that investment. You controlled putting your money in and you may have some degree of capability to withdraw your money and so on. Our investment funds, uh, many of them are structured that way. You don't have control over the management of the asset. You don't determine what Strategies might be used around occupancy or rent growth 
where the capital might be deployed in terms of certain kinds of improvements. That's what the asset manager does. And because you don't have control over it, there's a discount that gets applied. And that discount might be 5%, it might be 10%, it might be 15%. So that would take the 3.9 million and turn it into maybe 3.6 or maybe even 3.5 million. Okay, so it's worth 3.5 million. Well, there's one more discount that typically gets applied, and that is around the marketability. Remember in the original example, when I talked about you know, owning 100 shares of XYZ company, well, you can go to the stock market and sell those 100 shares. There is no market for these kinds of investments. Many of these investments are actually structured such that the only thing you can do is redeem them back to the uh, holding company, to the sponsor themselves. If that's the case, you could see another 5 or 10 or 15% reduction on top of that. So our 3.5 million could turn into $3.2 million. So now we have a fair market value that's based on the trailing 12 set of financials and what the asset would likely sell for in the opinion of this third-party appraiser. The inclusion of the recovery of all the cash that might be available in and around the asset, as well as the payment of all the liabilities, the payment of any prepayment penalties that have to get paid and the other costs of selling it, and then some discounts to deal with the fact that this is not a liquid asset, right? That's the the down the one downside to real estate is it's not as liquid. So when you put all that together, you end up with that number. And then in our instance, we take that and divide that by the number of units, shares, if you will, that are invested in that asset. And that gives us a fair market value. In some instances, the fair market value is significantly below the amount that an investor paid for their units in the first place. That's very true in the first year or two of an asset because of those discounts that I discussed and because of those prepayment penalties. But as we all know, we don't invest in real estate to get out after a year or even two years, and certainly not our model. Our model is structured around much longer terms. So over longer periods of time, those items actually disappear and, and aren't a factor in the performance of the investment. So when you look at a fair market value, that doesn't necessarily mean, oh my gosh, I've lost a lot of money. It simply means on paper, if you understand how it's put together, as I just walked us all through, you can get a sense of, oh, I understand what's happening right now. And if in fact, I were to try to get out, this might be representative of the kind of number I would get. And that's what the IRS wants to know. They want to know what is the actual fair market value of your investments. Now, does that do anything for you? Well, number one, if you're not a retirement account investor, you don't care about any of this at all. You might get a fair market value report from your sponsor. It's utterly meaningless to you. So you can simply set it aside. If you are a retirement account investor, 99% of you, 95% of you, again, not really meaning anything. It's simply part of the annual filing that you'll make. For those of you that have traditional retirement accounts, so a traditional self-directed IRA or a traditional solo 401k, who might have interest in converting to a Roth IRA or a Roth solo 401k, 
the fair market value is part of that calculation in terms of what you might have in the way of tax exposure today versus forecasted tax exposure in the future. And some of our clients have executed conversions based on this fair market value performance. Now, there's a whole nother topic around that. We've produced material around that before. It's one that we are happy to share what our experiences have been. Absolutely a topic for you to be talking to your CPA about, and we'd be happy to be supportive in that conversation, answering any questions you all might have. So as I said up front, if you have some interest in investing using retirement funds, uh, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. Let's find some time to chat for a few minutes so I can help you understand our role in all of that work and what some of our clients have done over time so that you can then talk with a, a self-directed IRA custodian and talk with your CPA to see if using a retirement account would make sense and if possibly one of these conversion strategies might fit as well. So as I said, we're in the process of doing all that today. Over the next couple of weeks, they'll get all that material pulled together, and then we'll have that material to um, and reports to provide out to all of our members. If you have a retirement account and you're invested with another sponsor, you're probably used to seeing something like that. If it's brand new, if this is your first year being invested, you might reach out to your sponsor and maybe they can help explain to you uh, their process and the timeliness of when you'll see all of that material. And as I said, if you have any interest in learning more about working with us on any of these fronts, I'm happy to chat with you about that. Well, this is our last episode before Christmas. So we wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday uh, that you enjoy uh, the weekend uh, that you have coming up with your family. We will have an episode next week, one final end of the year episode. Don't forget to go to the Learning Center at marapolling.com and register for our 2024 Outlook. Uh, one of the benefits of being registered is if you're unable to attend, you'll get a copy of the materials in advance of the session and you'll get uh, priority access to the recording of the session, uh, which we will make available ultimately to everybody on the multifamily real estate channel. So with that, thank you. Uh, again, have a wonderful and Merry Christmas and join me next week for our final episode of 2023 of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poland.